This is important information. Ready, set, and begin. Who better to talk about the MLS in the Twin Cities than the head coach of your hometown United? All incredible things to look forward to. Now, courtesy of Heineken, this is the Adrian Heath Show. Quintero with a Minnesota goal! The Adrian Heath Show. Oh, what a save by Shuttleworth! Oh, my! Hosted by former player and now Loon sideline reporter Jamie Watson. Check this out! Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Adrian Heath Show on 1500 ESPN, presented by Heineken. This week, we are live on location. We are at the Nomad World Pub in downtown Minneapolis, one of the best viewing places for to watch soccer, one of the biggest supporters of soccer, a place where I have so many great memories of watching 2014 World Cup games. Unfortunately, we'll be able to recreate those this year here with the U.S. team. We'll have to just cheer for Costa Rica and Francisco Calvo. And one-time Loney, or one-time Minnesota United player, current Loney, Johan Venegas with Costa Rica. That'll be my adopted team this year. And as you can tell, it's just me right now. I'm solo tonight because the man whose name is on the show is out of the state. He is in Cincinnati getting ready for the U.S. Open Cup match against FC Cincinnati tomorrow night. But joining us via phone for the first segment is the head coach of Minnesota United, Adrian Heath. Adrian, you there? I am indeed, Jamie. How are you? I'm doing great. We're missing you here, but uh, we're going to try to pull through without you. How's, the, how's everything going in Cincinnati so far? That's good. Weather's been lovely. So we, we had a training session today, and uh, as I say, everybody's, everybody's fine. Got a few people away, you know, obviously uh, one or two not traveled with us. And um, so, but we'll, we'll be ready. We'll be ready for the game tomorrow. We've got, uh, we've got a good chat about what happened over the weekend. And then we'll uh, move forward now with this game tomorrow, which is going to be very difficult for obvious reasons. You know, they've just announced that they're going to go to MLS. So incredible opportunity for the players who are there now to become MLS players next year. So they've got plenty of incentive and plenty of... Uh, plenty of reason to want to do well between now and the end of the season and that will probably start with playing an MLS club tomorrow night absolutely and and you know all too well having coached Orlando City when you were in USL take you took down several MLS teams in your day Kansas City Chicago I believe uh-huh. uh, Colorado the list goes on so you know how important it is for USL teams when they get the opportunity to play against MLS teams so was that a worry on your mind knowing that kind of tough spot to be in as the MLS team because if you go and you win, well, you should do because you should be an MLS team beating a USL side, but if you get turned over, it's the talk for the for the evening, you know, the USL side turned over an MLS team, so is there that extra kind of added pressure? I don't know if it's pressure, Jamie. I think the fact is that you should want to play to your maximum every time you play, and um, obviously this is an opportunity. Three or four games time, you, you're, you're sort of one stop away from winning a trophy and, and entering the Champions League next year. So it's an opportunity for us. And, you know, I think the fact that we have, um, we've got no game at the weekend will uh, focus us and make sure that we probably field a stronger team as we can. And Adrian, as you're alluding to, the winner of the U.S. Open Cup gets into the CONCACAF Champions League, which basically takes all the champions of the domestic league, of the domestic tournament, puts them all together from Canada, from U.S., Mexico, and all the... Central America teams, that's what's on the line for the winner of the U.S. Open Cup. Uh, ahead of tomorrow night's match, Adrian, you and your team have traveled straight from, uh, from Kansas City off the back of the matchup Sunday, Sunday evening against Sporting Kansas City. 
obviously not the result or the performance that you were looking for, but this is your show. This is your time to extend it, kind of give a review, give your thoughts on the game. 48 hours now in hindsight. What did you take away from the match, good and bad, and what have you kind of thought in the last 48 hours on the performance and where the team goes from here? Well, obviously very disappointed. I thought we were... I thought we were poor with the ball. I thought we were poor without it. You know, and I've said on numerous occasions that if you can see three goals on the road, four goals, two goals in quick succession, which we've done on a few occasions, you're not going to win too many games. You know, and uh, I was really disappointed with our attitude. I didn't think it was what, what was expected. We, the bottom line is our away performances this season have not been good enough. And, you know, that's something that... You know, over the next couple of weeks, when we've got no game, it'll give me and the staff a, an opportunity and a chance to reflect and and maybe rethink one or two things. Certainly on the road, I think we've been competitive at home. I think we've done well uh, in all the games at home, but away from home, you know, it's not been good enough. And uh, I'll take the responsibility for that. It's up to me to come up with a solution to it, and that's what I'm going to try and do over the next couple of weeks because uh, it can't carry on the way we're playing at, at the moment on the road. Chatting with head coach of Minnesota United, Adrian Heath, via phone from Cincinnati ahead of the match of the U.S. Open Cup tomorrow night. Adrian, you mentioned there's going to be this break, this World Cup break after tomorrow night's game, two weeks off. What will that do for the group uh, from the coaching staff's perspective, but then from the players, what will that do giving them a couple days away, away and just kind of some time off during the middle of the season? Well, it's, it's, always, it's coming to a good time, to be honest, because it'll give us an opportunity to certainly for the coaching staff to go over everything, you know, we've just over a third of the way through, give us a chance to go and assess what we've been good at, what we haven't been good at, what we think we need to do moving forward, on and off the field, that will, you know, for, so for us it gives us a bit of time, a little bit of thinking time without the pressure of getting ready for the next game. For the players, I think it's coming at a good time as well, they'll be able to, you know, they'll have a few days away and they can sort of get themselves recharged that time of the year, you know, it's like where everybody's carrying little knocks. So it'll give us an opportunity to maybe get one or two people back up to 100% because, you know, we've got three or four of them who are carrying little knocks and they're getting through games but not being able to train a lot. So that would help us. Um, but more importantly, I just hope, hopefully we'll, they'll come back energized, you know. As we, uh, we, we come into a close here on the, uh, the first segment in your time with us tonight on the show, as I know you guys are busy, you're getting ahead, team meetings, team meals, uh, preparation for the match. Um, you mentioned a couple of guys carrying a few injuries, this time off being important for that. Uh, we're, it, it's, it's sad that they're here because we want them healthy, we want them playing. We have two of your, your players here tonight with us, Jerome Tisson and Ethan Finley here with us tonight. Uh, how do you think they're going to do filling in for you? I think they're going to do just fine. Ethan can talk, and uh, Jerry will tell everybody about Minnesota, even the people who live in Minnesota. <laughs> he is. He is. He's only been here since about February of 2017, so coming up on 18 months, and I feel like the guy's done more in his 18 months here in Minnesota than I've done in the four and a half years I've lived here. So we'll definitely pick his brain about that. And one last one before we go. Congratulations are in order to you. A granddad times two as yeah. of late yesterday, early this morning. Is that right? Early, early this morning, yes. We had a, another addition to the family. Fortunately, everybody's good. Mother and baby are good. Baby Hayden, and uh, he's fine. So Harrison's obviously very, very pleased. 
and uh, but most importantly, they're, they're both fine and healthy. So looking forward to getting home to see them both. That is the best news ever. What was the one piece of advice you gave H? Because H is young. He is a youngster. Yeah. What's he going to do as a, as a new dad? What was the one thing that you told him, giving him dad advice on life? Hopefully his son won't be like him, and then he'll be fine. <laughs> That's the only thing I hope he's going to be better than his dad, be better than his dad did. But, uh, no, he's, he's looking forward to it. He's, uh, he's excited, and uh, I'm sure he's going to make a terrific father. Yeah, he's, I'm pretty sure you, uh, you probably hope – for baby Hayden's sake, he gets his granddad looks and not his dad looks, correct? I'm hoping so. <laughs> <laughs> For his sake. Well, look, hey, we know that you have so much going on there. We appreciate you taking the time out to call in tonight. Um, I think, barring any sort of expletives coming out of Jerry's mouth, I think we're going to be able to take it from here with Jerome Tison and Ethan Finley. You feel like the show's in safe hands without you here? I think it's in safe hands with them. I'm not sure with you. Well, that's that's- that's always the case, isn't it? Every Tuesday from 6 to 7 p.m. here on 1500. All right, we'll stick around. When we come back, we're going to part ways with the head coach, Adrian Heath, but we are going to pick up two wonderful additions to this show. You're going to want to stick around. We're going to have some laughs. We're going to tell some stories. We've got a game in mind for these two later. And, Adrian, we're not going to have you rate the call tonight. I'm going to put the responsibility of rating Cal's call on Jerry and Ethan. That's going to be later in the show. Adrian, thanks again for your time tonight. You listeners at home, thank you so much for tuning in. This is 1500 ESPN. I'm your host, Jamie Watson. The Adrian Heath Show, live on location at the Nomad World Pub in downtown Minneapolis, continues after this. We now continue with more of the Adrian Heath Show on 1500 ESPN. Presented by Heineken. Heineken. Welcome back into the Adrian Heath Show on 1500, presented by Heineken, live tonight at the Nomad World Pub in downtown Minneapolis. Well, we had Adrian Heath on last segment. We got a chance to chat with him a little bit about tomorrow's upcoming match. That's why he's not here tonight in Cincinnati ahead of that matchup in the Open Cup. Talked a little bit about sporting Kansas City. We talked about the new addition in his family. And congratulations again to Harrison Heath and his wife, Kaylin, welcoming their first child in. But now to the task at hand. I wondered last segment if these guys were going to be able to fill the shoes of Adrian Heath. And I don't know why I ever doubted you guys, because knowing you two, I could pretty much just turn off my mic from the rest of the time on here and let you guys talk. And I'm talking to midfielder Ethan Finley and defender Jerome Tison. Guys, welcome into the show. Thanks for having us. Thank you. It is uh, awesome to have you guys on. And the reason I really wanted you guys on, one, because you were two of the funniest people I've ever met in the world of soccer. Um, but you also are two wonderful ambassadors to Minnesota United, to the club here, both on and off the field. Um, first off, I wish you guys weren't here. I wish you were with the team healthy and playing, but on the back of a couple of injuries, that is the Adrian Heath Show's good fortune to have you guys here tonight. Um, so I want to talk and just kind of just see how things are going. And, and Ethan, I want to talk with you. You had the misfortune of tearing your ACL um, back against Seattle, April 22nd in Seattle. Um, how are things going? How are you feeling? How was this surgery? I feel like we haven't gotten a chance to, to dive deep into how everything's going for you. And, and if it's okay, can we go back to that day and just kind of what it was like in that moment? in Seattle when you tore your ACL? 
Yeah, it's um, so we're we're almost six weeks. Uh, it'll be six weeks on Friday since the surgery, and um, you know I'm doing great. I think I'm a, I'm a farther ahead of schedule than I thought I would be at this point, uh, doing all the research that I did. But yeah, I mean you go back to to that day afternoon game in Seattle, and you know in the moment I've seen other guys tear their ACL and um, you know contact and non-contact situations on turf on grass. I uh, never had the the personal experience, but I had plenty of the stories. And uh, you know, the one thing that I, you know, remember is, is the feeling that I never felt in the the pop and the sensation that I had instantly. You know, when when the play happened right before uh, Roldan kind of uh, we collided, and uh, you know, it was that moment I was like, oh no, right? Yeah, any player or any any person that's done anything to their their body, their ACL, uh, they know that that moment. But you know, you fast forward, uh, you know, a minute or two, and Stacy's gone through the whole procedure to check my ACL, and you know, she's cranked on it, and you know, feeling pretty solid in the moment to her, and she's, you know, I, I don't know, you know, if you feel like you can go and you feel stable, let's go. And so I said, all right, like let's go, and I ran back out there, and you know, seven minutes went by, and if you go back and watch the seven minutes, I've done it a few times now. There's plenty of plays where my ACL should, you know, collapse again, right? Um, based on what we we found out two days later, but it just doesn't. And um, I guess it, the doctor said it was a, to a testament of the, the the other parts of my body that were strong enough, my quad and my hamstring, which has actually made this recovery um, a lot better for me, and and it's gone a lot quicker. So, um, you know, it wasn't really until the end of the game, actually, when I met with the Seattle doctors there, and and Stacy was able to see it. I wasn't as guarded. Uh, that you know, we we knew that the ACL was uh, the integrity of the ACL was probably jeopardized. Yeah, it's it's a it's a weird one because we were watching the game. Uh, we weren't broadcasting because it was a, a nationally televised game. And when it happened, you know, you you wonder. And I, having torn my ACL before too, yeah. I, I was I was thinking, no, that that doesn't look the same because because no way is he up playing again, running around again. And it's like this, whew, okay, because you don't want that to happen after having been through it. You you don't wish that on on anybody. And so. When I saw you out running again, I thought, okay, good. We're in the clear. There may be some sort of sprain, maybe something we're dealing with a couple of weeks. Yeah. And you find that 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 news out you know, later on. And I know it's tough because it's only been, as you said, six weeks post-op, about seven, seven and a half weeks roughly mm-hmm. since, um, since the injury happened. How does a professional athlete at the height of his career, playing some incredible soccer. I mean, you had, you'd been off to a stellar start to the season, already had a couple of goals and an assist. How does that news affect you? How, what is that, that, that professional but also personal feeling that you get when you find out that news that you've torn your ACL? Well, I mean, I was devastated, devastated that Monday evening when I, when I found out. But it was about 24 hours until I kind of just turned it around and I said, all right, I'm going to attack this thing head on. In fact, I had a conversation with you a couple of days later about, you know, doctors and, um, you know, I went instantaneously into the mode of, well, well, how can I get the best care? How can I have the best surgeon? Um, what am I going to do the days following, the weeks following, the months following? I need my schedule, right? I've known my schedule. Uh, you know, one of the best days of, uh, of uh, my year is actually the day the schedule comes out. I get to see who we're all playing, when we're, when we're going, you know, back to Columbus in my situation, or, you know, when we're going to go out to Seattle in that great environment. All those dates, right? You know, when we're going to have our home games and, uh, you know, how we can plan that around family coming in town, all that stuff, right? 
Um, so I've known my schedule, right? And then with this injury, you know, that changes things significantly for you. And um, I've actually found that I've spent more time at facilities, more time at the Alina Rehabilitation Center, uh, more time in the gym and things like that. Um, and, and that's just kind of is what it is. You have to attack it head on. And it's, you know, part of my mentality of, uh, you know, wanting to stay busy during this time. And, uh, you know, Jerry and I, even this last week here, we're not able to do much on the field, but we're out there watching training and on a bike, you know, just trying to stay as, as involved in, in the group as we can. I've never seen someone who was so meticulous in preparation ahead of the surgery as you were, and I think that's a, that's a big testament to the mentality you have attacking this of how to get better from this. And that's the voice of Ethan Finley, midfielder, Minnesota United, who joins us. And now to welcome in the second member joining us from the team, Jerome Tisson. So, Jerry, as you are dealing with a lot shorter term of injury. Having missed the last couple games, the last time we saw you was on the 20th, the home game against Sporting Kansas City. We haven't seen you feature in any action since then. As you start to get back from this injury, first of all, how are things going? How's the mentality? How are you feeling? Give us that update on, on when we can hope to see Jerry back on the field. Because I'll be honest, it's not nearly as fun when you're not on the field. There's not that unpredictableness of, Who's going to like crunch a tackle but then have this nice Swiss smile afterwards that just makes you be like, oh, I'm going to have a bruise for the rest of my life on my leg, but uh, he's a nice guy, you know? Thank you very much for that. But, yeah, um, it's very hard for me to to be like um, all cry here and complaining when I'm sitting next to Eaton with that amazing attitude with his real injury. I mean, I'm injured as well, but it's not nearly comparable. And uh, huge respect for you, Eaton, how you handle the situation. It's... Uh, inspirational for your teammates and hopefully some young kids can listen and learn from you um, yeah I have just a little calf issue muscular injury and um, at the beginning it was day to day and I actually hoped to be able to play against Montreal already wasn't the case now it's two weeks and um, probably gonna be some days more so that break that's ahead is gonna be very good also for me and I hope to, to join the team practice as soon as possible. If it's going to be from the very start when you get back, I don't know, but I hope so. Yeah, timing-wise, back up against a World Cup break for, for two weeks. If this was going to happen, to have a little bit of a minor injury, was this the best time of the season to have something? Give yourself that two-week cushion where there's not any MLS games? Well, this is what, what I'm saying myself all the time. I just try to see the positive side or f aspect of... Uh, every situation and um, yeah I'm kind of consolidating myself with exactly that mentality and I just try to think there is no better moment there is a break I don't miss another game and uh, it's beautiful weather and uh, yeah just things like that that keep my mental state happy and positive. So if we were to ask Stacy Harden who's the head athletic trainer and Mitch the assistant athletic trainer between the two of you, who is the more difficult one to deal with in the treatment room? Jerry, is oh, me, it you? Me, me. Ethan, is it you? You know, I, I don't. I don't know if I, I don't know if I'm difficult. Who's the one that that requires a little bit more love no, right now? It. I'm more difficult. <laughs> Jerry, you're <laughs> more difficult. Ethan, Ethan is just. But here's the, here's the reason why, and this is a good thing about Jerry, is because Jerry wants to get back on the field. Right. You know, I know. I kind of know what my sentence is. Right. Yeah. I know what my timeline is. Uh, you know, they got a guy, and they deal with plenty of these guys throughout the year that say, well, I feel good today. I'd like to get back on the field. And when a trainer tells you, 
yeah, you might feel good today, but today we actually should do this, and we should unload your body. That's a very frustrating thing from a player standpoint. And Jerry's going through that right now a little bit, right? Where he, he might want to <laughs> he might want to get on the field. He might want to do this. He might want to give it a shot. Um, but like we just talked about, the timelines you know match up well for us. It would literally just take a little time off. It's been a long year. I mean, the group's been together going pretty much full throttle since, uh, you know, the last weekend, January. Yeah, Ethan, you bring up a good point. And, and when we come back, I want to kind of talk about that mentality as, as we look back at the first half of the season. And then because you guys are two of the most personal people who have uh, very funny, witty opinions about everything, including teammates, we're going to play a fun game, too, when we come back. You guys up for it? Yeah. Let's try. There we go. All right. Stick around. More to come with Ethan Finley and Jerome Tisson. We're down at the Nomad World Pub, downtown Minneapolis. The Adrian Heath Show presented by Heineken on 1500 ESPN will return right after this. The Adrian Heath Show is back on 1500 ESPN presented by Heineken. Once again, here's Jamie Watson. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Adrian Heath Show on 1500 presented by Heineken. This week, live on location at the Nomad, joined by Ethan Finley and Jerry, Jerome Tisson. Jerry, we're, we're best friends like that. We have nicknames for each other. Ethan, we don't have a nickname for each other yet. What, what, what's the nickname you have? Honestly, I don't have one. People call me E, but now Eric Miller's here, so there's a lot of E getting thrown around e. now. And now we're sitting pretty near each other, so it could be a little bit confusing. But Finn, Ethan... Mr. Finley. There we go. Yeah, all those, all <laughs> the above. E. When I think of E, I think of E from Entourage. Yeah. And you're way, way cooler than that E. So, although that be, E could, was yeah. on a, he was in an Entourage. I don't know though. I don't think I would have left Sloan. No, that's a good point. Sloan was well above his league. He should have never. Good thing left my her. fiance is not in here right now. Right? No, it, it's a TV show. It doesn't count. It's not real. <laughs> Anyways, and by the way, you also like E. <laughs> I'll kick your coverage getting Haley because she is. That's yeah, pretty standard. That's what a soccer players usually Thank do. Thank God we can all kick a soccer ball, right, Jerry? Oh, my God. Evie's so here lucky. with you, the cutest kid ever, by the way. <laughs> well, third cutest. Sorry, I'll have to say no after problem. my two. But I get two. Yago's here. Ten months old. He is just, the kid is a flirt, by the way. Just He was just reaching out for every girl that was walking by for, for them to hold him. You're gonna for have, him. You're going to have your hands full. <laughs> yeah, probably. I, I won't complain. I'm, I'm happy with that the way. You'll drive him, social, you'll, you know. You'll drive him to all the dates when he gets old <laughs> enough, when he has third grade, and there you go. Uh, anyway, so we're sitting here talking, talking a little bit last segment about the guys, where they're at, how they're feeling with their injuries, kind of the recovery, the process of everything. And, and as we get to this World Cup break, which is, Ethan, as a guy that's been around several years in MLS, this is kind of that oddity that, that once every four years you get this weird break in the middle of the season for the World Cup, which is great as it should be this year. There's going to be 19 guys going to the World Cup from MLS. Um, that's without the U.S. men's national team going. A number would have potentially almost doubled if the U.S. would have been in. But still, so two weeks now, so we're at the point where we're about almost at the halfway mark. And Ethan, I know you got to, you got to partake through almost the end of April, seven games this season you were a part of. Um, Jerry, you've played in 10. I kind of want to get your guys' thoughts, and feel free to bounce back and forth if, if you know you want to jump in here. But, Ethan, we'll start with you. You have this 30,000-foot view, view now where you're close because you're there every day, but you're removed, you're watching every game, you're kind of seeing it in the same perspective, kind of almost what we're seeing as, as fans, as broadcasters, as supporters of the team. 
What do you see now from this team, and what have you really seen over the first, you know, first half of the season? Yeah, you know, as preseason started to wind down, I felt really good about the core of our team. Uh, I thought we, you know, we brought back some really good pieces. I thought we added some nice pieces in the off season, and as the season started, you know, uh, that win at Orlando said, "Well, man, this team, this team can go to Orlando, a, a tough place to play." and get our first road win in, in the first couple of weeks of the season, like we're going to give ourselves a shot. Well, right? as long as you were scoring two goals, getting <laughs> big big wins for Adrian Heath back in Orlando, and for me too, thanks yeah. for that one as a former Orlando player. I was happy but, you did that. Yeah, well, and, and but it was such a great team performance. We had so many guys that came off the bench in that game. Miguel came off the bench in that game to make a difference. Mason had some opportunities. And I started you know, to think to myself, well, this team's, you know, like we're we're, we're going to be really deep, yeah. And, and and that's you know the teams that I've played on that have had successful years and made playoffs and and made deep runs have have been deep throughout, and guys have been competing for positions. And I I saw that in the preseason. I saw how deep we were, especially in the front four. I thought, and and as the season has evolved, you know we've had some some you know injuries that have happened. Obviously, Molino long term, and myself long term. Mark Birch has been out for a significant amount of time, and I think unfortunately we've had to be a little bit reactionary. Um, where you want to be able to be proactive and you want to be able to say, well, you know, we've already got 17, 18 guys that we feel like we can be comfortable going deep in, whereas I think we've had to put some guys in some positions that maybe they weren't quite as comfortable with or didn't expect as the season started. And uh, I think that's been difficult, but it's also a learning experience for some of the young guys, the guys that, you know, haven't had the experience. You know, Carter Manley is a guy that I think of that was kind of thrown into it, uh, obviously very early on in some tough tests. So, you know, there's a couple of games that I know that we've dropped some points. I think the Atlanta game was an extremely frustrating game that we played at home. The home match, we 1-0 got, loss, yeah. We should have got more out of. You know, San Jose home game was a disappointing one for me, and, and I felt we we uh, we didn't get our due. You know, there's a play in about the 53rd, 54th minute, and um, their center back, his name is mistaking me right now, commits a foul on Christian. I think really should be a, a second yellow. And a Harold red. Cummings. Yeah. I, I went off on that one because I'm thinking, how did this guy not get a second yellow here? And it, that was a game changer. That was a, a talking point for it's, that one. It's a huge certain. game changer. And, um, and I think we've been a, a bit unfortunate. I know you have to make part of your fortune uh, in this game, make your luck a little bit. But um, you know, that's one that I go where I think it, things could have turned for us a little bit. And, uh, you know, obviously we bounced back the following week. But, you know, we have to try to kind of get in that, that streak. Uh, this game is about having confidence and, and kind of get rolling. And unfortunately, I feel like we just haven't been able to tie two, three, four results together. Certainly, yeah. And that's the voice of Ethan Finley giving his breakdown of the first half of the season. And, Jerry, I want to get your thoughts on this. Having played 10 games so far, you got an assist on the season. Last year, you were good for two goals. Uh, one, when are we going to see your first goal of the season? And then two, as a guy that's working his way back in from injury, uh, your thoughts on what needs to change and what you're hoping to be a part of the change in the second half as as you guys regroup back after this World Cup break? Yeah, um, don't expect too much about goals with me. So <laughs> if you go back in the stats, last year was outstanding for me. I doubled my record. So. <laughs> <laughs> Double the record so, too, that's great. So yeah, we covered that one. And um, yeah, I think uh, Ethan summarized it very good. Also... Um, the thoughts the coach brought in before that on the road we haven't we have just not been good enough. The one game that Eaton mentioned was was Orlando, but we haven't been able to put the performance on again. We sh- we proved ourselves that it's possible, and I can't really explain here and now why we don't do it in other games. 
because Orlando is a great team and after that game they had like a seven win strike or yeah, whatever. Yeah, so, about six games in a row, yeah. So we proved ourselves that we are able to do it, but we just have to believe in that and show that again and again and not only one time every month or two months. And then obviously our home games, I think the San Jose team is kind of our... I don't know, black sheep, I don't know an yeah. expression for that, but I played them it sounds four, good, so it works, yeah. Four times in that year uh, since I'm here, so in the two MLS seasons, and we, we lost them every time, so this is something it won't get in my head, because I think it's a beatle, beatable team. And uh, yeah, so it's uh, all on us. I mean, we know what we, where we have to be better in those games, and uh, yeah. Just the doing it part is the tough one. So yeah, certainly, and and I think those are those are two. It's, it's really important to hear the assessment from you guys as players who are in the locker room and your thoughts on it, what you see. But you know, as we shift gears now, we're talking to Ethan Finley and Jerome Tisson, defender and midfielder for Minnesota United, respectively. Um, I want to kind of switch gears and, and have people get to know the rest of the team through your guys's eyesight and how you see them. You're in the locker room each and every day. So we're going to play a game. You guys up for it? Yeah. Okay. Let's go. Yep. So I was going to let Ethan answer for you anyway, Jerry. If you said no, Ethan said yes. You were already roped in. <laughs> Last year we did this with Adrian, and it was pretty funny. And so I want to get you guys as teammates of these guys I want to get your thoughts on this. So the game we're going to play is word association. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say a player's name. We're going to alternate. So the first one I'll ask Ethan. Second one I'll ask you, Jerry. And I want you guys to give me your first quick word, or if it needs to be two words, it has to be funny, but it, I'll allow it if it's funny, of said player. Sound good? Okay. Jerry, I might give in? you a sentence because I have to explain the word, I think. Well, and if you do, <laughs> I, it, just, it better be funny. Okay, Jerry, we'll start with you. Carter Manley. Can't be funny. I've only respect. Uh, respect. Respect? You have a lot of respect for him? Yeah, very great young kid. Actually, like uh, you, you expect a rookie to be attentive, um, want to work, want to improve, and yeah, respect. We're off to a stellar start. Word association, and uh, we don't have anything funny yet for Carter. All right, uh, <laughs> Ethan, you're up. We're going to alternate. We're going to go quick here. We've got to rapid fire this. Okay, your first person, Tyrone Mears. Professional. So we have respect and professional. We were hoping for we, funny. We, we are got so funny. Super, <laughs> super politically correct and very nice. It's like you're scared to go into the locker room and see these guys if you say something funny. Give me something funny about these guys. Okay, okay. All right, Jerry, one of your you know, defensive back four teammates, Francisco Calvo. I have the better haircut. <laughs> there we go. Calvo, that will be the, the most hurtful thing you could have said to Francisco Calvo. Let's go. You're talking, Ethan, about Sam Cronin. Sam Cronin, the baldy. The baldy. <laughs> we go from second best haircut on the team to baldy. He's the old man. He is. He's the dad of the group. Uh, Jerry, you're talking about Ibsen. Go get learn English. With, <laughs> an, Engli learn English. with, with an English mistake in my sentence. <laughs> go get learn English. <laughs> He's been here long enough. He should definitely go get learn English by now. Ethan, Mark Birch. Wow. Hippie? <laughs> I mean, he loved that compliment, though, to be honest with you. He would say thank you, wouldn't he? He dropped his hair down the other day, you guys, and that flow is real. And I think people should get on him that he should let it, let it go for the game. It'll look good during hockey season. Ooh, Still nice. have some Minnesota hockey, some, some Minnesota. Oh, gosh, look at you. Jerry, 
you're good, buddy, Abu Dunladi. <laughs> that you could say on air. Oh, then I have to think way longer. First word that comes to mind when you think of Abu. TLC. Abu, just grow, please. Please grow. Just grow. Just grow like grow, grow up. up. Grow up. <laughs> At 22, he's got a little bit of time left. He, uh, he, he just follows your footsteps. He'll grow. He'll grow up to oh, you just fine. Oh, then he grow, probably. <laughs> Ethan, Miguel Ibarra. Uh, he's, like that, he's like a little rat, you know? <laughs> he's the rat. But, like, in a good way. Like, you love him on your team. But that guy's just, you know, he's just kind of squirming around a little Absolutely. bit. Absolutely. But he's a good dude. Christian. Spot on. Yeah, <laughs> Christian. Yo, where are you? That's my Miguel Labar impression. Uh, Jerry, Michael Boxel. Boxy. The rock, but it's not funny. <laughs> he is. The guy might have 19 ab muscles. Like, he is just a 2% body fat. Yeah. The rock is, is probably a, not the rock, but a rock. Uh, Ethan, Brent Coleman. Mm. The body. <laughs> the body, why? We used to call him the body in, at Creighton. The body, Brent the body. <laughs> Brent can do like 50 push-ups, and the next day he's just, just massive. I don't know. Brent doesn't even lift that much, but he's just... He's like the Terminator. He's, yeah, he just, he's the body. Yeah. No, it's not so bad. Now that you mentioned it, that's actually a good point. Uh, Jerry, Harrison Heath. Oh, my God. You're a father now. <laughs> At 22, age as of about less than 24 hours ago, he's a dad. You've got 10 months head start on him. He's going to need to pick your brain. Uh, Ethan, you're up. Mason Toy. Mason Toy, uh, the baby of the group. Just by looks wise or how? With a stash. Yeah, the baby with the stash. (laughs) You know, you just forget how young the kid is. He's 19 19 years old. 19. I mean, there's just things that, I mean, yeah, I mean, she's got some life just to a, go like, on. It makes me feel old when I think of how much older I am and what he didn't. You're 27. No, you're yeah, old, man. I'm I know. 32. Wait till well, you get there. Talk to him. Talk to him a couple times, and you see what cartoons he grew up on. And, you don't recognize him. Yeah, right? that's a good point. At 19, I I knew what I knew, and I knew what I didn't know. So therefore, I knew it all. You couldn't tell me anything at 19. Yeah. He won't listen to us for another. Look at us talking like dads up here. He won't listen to us for another like five or six years, and then one day he'll come back and go, "You, you guys were right." <laughs> Uh, a couple more here. Jerry, Christian Ramirez. I have Superman in my head, but I just figure I'm not funny at all. I, I would. <laughs> uh, all right. Ethan, Eric Miller. Uh, Mr. Studious over here. Eric Miller, um, he's kind of the new guy, so I know him very well. So he's, he's a Blue Jay to me. Uh, I'm trying to think of a good word to describe Eric, though. Something that's funny. <laughs> I don't really have anything funny, but We're he's trying to studious. get to know him. He's new. He's he's the new guy here, Woodbury guy. He's, uh, he's er- Eric is cultured in culture. a lot of ways. That's a culture guy. Well, speaking of culture, Jerry, some people would accuse you of being cultured. Darwin Quintero. What is your one-word impersonation or impression of him? Not impression. You can give us a one-word impression if you want. Uh, Ozuna. You know that guy? No. It's like a, a reggaeton singer. Okay. And. When Quintero is around you, there's this music box, and you will hear Ozuna all the time and everywhere. What's Doesn't your favorite? In the, in the bus, in the room, you always know where Quintero is what's your, because what's your his music is going on. Favorite Ozuna song? Oh, I don't know the songs by, by title, but I like Ozuna, so, so yeah. I have no issue with, with him playing these songs. He's muy bien. All right, last one. Ethan, Jerome Tison. Jerome Tison. Man, this guy is just pure joy and happiness. 
You know, he's just, there's not a bad day in this guy's life. You know what? If you want a good laugh or a good smile, he'll give it to you. Yeah, he's he's pretty money for that. All right, yeah. Jerry, give him that 20 bucks you promised him before that one. And, and then after you're done with that, give us your one word, word association of Ethan Finley. My lookalike. <laughs> you were supposed to be funny, not mean. Jeez. <laughs> I don't know who you're complimenting with that. You or me, huh? Yeah, that's a good point. He was maybe wanting to help himself out of there, you know. We all want to be Ethan Finley, don't we? Well, here's what <laughs> we want to do. We got one more segment left in the show. You guys want to stick around? We will be here. All right, perfect. He answered again for you, Jerry. You're stuck. Okay. All right, we, uh, we are so happy that you're listening in. We are at the Nomad this week. The Adrian Heath Show presented by Heineken. On 1500 ESPN, will return right after this. We now continue with more of the Adrian Heath Show on 1500 ESPN. Presented by Heineken. Heineken. Welcome into the final segment of this week's Adrian Heath Show here live on location at the Nomad. Thanks in part to Heineken and all of our sponsors. All the crew here at 1500 ESPN, everyone in attendance tonight, we thank you very much for coming out. We've been lucky enough to be joined the last two segments by Ethan Finley and Jerome Tison, who have been insightful, have been funny, have been wonderful guests. Might I say some of our best guests we've ever had. Given us good insight, given us uh, a little glimpse into their world, their, their views. But what I want to do for this last segment, as we only have a couple of minutes, is this, this episode has seemed to just fly by with you guys here. Is I want to get you guys in on what you're people so say. Minnesota nice. What? No, Jerry, you are. First of all, you're just like worldly nice. You're nice in every place. Minnesota nice. Um, Jerry knows. I just want to be like, you know, the, the truth is, you guys have been okay guests. You know, not that great. <laughs> there we go. No, the Finally. reality is, I'm I'm worried that when Ethan is done, and and you two, if you really wanted to, when you guys decide to stop playing because you're so likable and funny and articulate that you guys could easily take my job. So just from one friend to the other, can we just promise that you guys won't do that? I mean, that wouldn't be like so much of an accomplishment. But <laughs> <laughs> so where's the wittiness? If plan A through... <laughs> but we won't do it. A through Y falls apart, plan Z is, then you can back your way into this job. Yeah. yeah. Ethan, you got a career in this, by the way. You're going to do something... I, hey, I've already told Durkey to set it up. I'm, I'm on a call a game. I'm sitting up in this bird's eye view from the suite anyways. I Would you want to do it? Would you want to come on? You know, here's the thing. I see it all anyways, and, you know, the wives and girlfriends and the family, they don't need to hear me up there talk about the game. You know, that, that gets a bit annoying. So well, let's, uh, let's get I need you to put, down. Come put join a mic me on, on the broadcast. See how, see how brave you are when you want to criticize each one of the coaches <laughs> in between the benches, and sometimes they're right there with an earshot. You know, actually, yeah, you're too you close. You're too close. <laughs> you set the bar really high with your technical skills, not with, the, not with the speaking part. The best part about highlights is they only show the good touches. They don't, uh, they don't show the bad ones. So uh, <laughs> for every one good touch, there's about eight or nine bad ones that don't make a highlight reel. Um, here's what I want to do. Speaking of highlight reels, you guys are no stranger to... Scoring goals, getting your name on a highlight reel. Jerry, you set the bar high with two goals last year. Ethan already had two on the year before you tore your ACL. Last year, you had a couple of great ones. Some memorable ones that we rated on this show is Callum Williams, play-by-play. Commentator for Minnesota United. As always, gives some wonderful goal calls. But what I want to do now is I want to get you guys in. No Adrian this week. This is all you guys giving your score on the goal calls. And Jerry, let's start with you this week. We're going to take you back to last season, last game of the year. We're in San Jose. 
and you get a ball. I don't know if you got credit for this, Ethan. You should have because it was a great little cut around the defender. He kind of flicked it into Jerry's path, and Jerry scores an absolute worldie to the top corner. So we're going to take you back. We're going to play you the goal call from your goal, Jerry, in San Jose last year, and it is time, Jerry, for you to rate Cal's call. Gotcha. Ethan Finlay. It's a really good intervention, but picked up here by Janonti. It's a screamer! A goal plucked right from the top drawer! The second goal of the season, and it's one to remember for Javonti Song! Oh. Well, I would have loved to see the image too. Yeah, we would have loved to, but th that doesn't translate very well on radio. We would have enjoyed it. The, f the people at home would just have them go to YouTube and watch it. But uh, how do you feel about that goal call on your goal, which was an incredible strike? Left-footed yeah. top corner. Honestly, I, I love it. I never heard somebody scream my name with that. I don't know the adjective, but, you know, with that... Uh, with, with, with enthusiasm, yeah, with passion. Like, yeah, somebody was excited, you know. Yeah. It was like, hey, it's me, you know. Like, wow, thank you, Callum, for that, <laughs> for that emotion I just relived. And, um, we need a score, 1 to 10. I give it a, I give it a solid 8. Solid 8. Ethan, you want to jump in? What was your rating on that one? Yeah, so... Like the call, like a lot of the aspects of the call. The Is that one, because you got your shout-out in there? Your well, name was right course, at the beginning? Well, anytime I'm involved in a call, it's usually a highlight. It's right? going jump, to so. jump some points, obviously. <laughs> no, and I didn't get any assist on that, by the way. That's terrible. I think it's because there was kind of a dispossession. But I digress. Anyways, the one thing I think... You know, and I'm sure in a goal call you get caught, caught up in it a little bit is... He says, from the top drawer. But I kind of would say, like, you know, he's put it in the top drawer. Right? That's kind of what yeah, you would say about true. it. So that's, I'm going to give that critique to it, but I thought it was Screamer, very accurate, very good terminology. I'm going to go ahead and give him a, a, a 6.8. Okay, 6.8. Well, 6.8. Here's, here's what we're going to do. We've got less than one minute left. We've got one more to go. Ethan, this is your goal earlier in the year. We were talking about it off air. Ethan, oh. it is time for you to rate Cal's call. Okay. Look forward here for Molino. And in towards Ethan Finlay! Who scores? The Prince of Minnesota amongst the purple rain. Minnesota United score. It's Inchy's patch again. Well, with 30 seconds left to go in the show, we need the quickest rating of Cal's call off of your goal, the Prince of Minnesota, Ethan. There's no perfect tens. It's probably a 9.6, somewhere in that area. All right. uh, he covered all his bases with it. Uh, the Inchy call. Purple Rain covered it. Perfect. 9.6. That is great. Well, listen, guys, thank you so much. Jerome Tison, Ethan Finley from Manny Hill back in the booth for the Nomad. We want to thank you. My name is Jamie Watson. This was the Adrian Heath Show on 1500 ESPN. You've been listening to the Adrian Heath Show, hosted by Jamie Watson, presented by Heineken. For Minnesota United game and broadcast information, be sure to visit 1500ESPN.com and click on the United tab in the sports wire. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the sleep number bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples... 
Temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 smart bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 special edition smart bed. Plus special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.